You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie, and in the studio with me today is Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello again, Mr. Bird. Hey, Angie. Glad to be back. I have enjoyed the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about a transformed life. We've talked about different people in the Bible who've been transformed. We've talked about what the words born again mean. That's what we covered last week. This week, we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. Where are we going to go today in Scripture? Yeah, we're going to look to the book of Acts today, Angie, and really the work of the Holy Spirit is being born again. So being born again actually is a work of the Holy Spirit. And keeping with the theme of the transformed life, we're going to look at the life of Peter, who is transformed by the Holy Spirit and how God used him. And this is a guy who walked for three years with Jesus. Yes. And... And do you think any of that transformation, I mean, there had to have been some change in him, but when we talk about transformation, it's not just changing, right? This is, this is a completely different thing. So the Peter, the Peter that we read about in the gospels is different than the Peter that we're going to discover today, correct? No, definitely. And I think about this, Angie, the fact that was Peter a pastor or was Peter a preacher or was he a great public orator? Actually, he was a fisherman, right? (laughs) So Peter was a fisherman. And so when we read about him preaching in the book of Acts and all of the things that God used him to do, keep in mind that he was a common everyday fisherman. I mean, in my book, I just see him as a disciple and we're all disciples. So we can all kind of do exactly the same thing as Peter's done. That's exactly right. And we're going to look today, firstly, at Acts 1 and verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, who's saying that? Now, this is Jesus. These are red letters. So Jesus actually is saying this, and then it says from there, he ascended into heaven right after this. Wow. So these are the last words, and I use that as a trivia question. What are the last words Jesus said on earth? And this is it. And it wasn't goodbye. No. It was go. Right. It was, listen, I'm giving you power. The Holy Spirit's coming and you're going to be my witnesses. There you go. This is the last thing. So fast forward this. And he told them to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit was come. And he said, giving you the Holy Spirit was promised by my father. And this is how it come to pass. In Acts chapter two, then it talks about them being filled with the Holy Spirit. But continuing on, we're going to dig into starting in verse 30 three of Acts two, uh, what this looked like as Peter was given the Holy Spirit and this power. So therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, like I just said, he poured out this, which you now see and hear for David did not ascend in the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies, your footstool. Verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said, 
to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. I so want to break down every one of these. I know we don't have time for it, right? but every one of these lines has such incredible meaning. I mean, can we just start at the top? He yeah, poured start at out the top. to this, which you now see in here. We're talking about the fact that they just witnessed all of these people speaking in tongues and languages that they understood right. from their own home countries. It was, it was a crazy scene that they had never seen before. They thought they were drunk. Exactly. And this is where Peter stands up and goes, nope, we're not drunk. <laughs> exactly right. He's saying this is the spirit of God that you now see and hear in action. Wow. And so here's this fisherman, right, who has just been empowered with the Holy Spirit, who begins this transformed life from a fisherman of fish to a fisherman of men. Can we talk about that power? Like what is, and we talked a little bit about this earlier about the mission of the Holy Spirit. And could he have done this just with the knowledge he had of Jesus Christ? He probably could have, but it wouldn't been with power. And so here's where we see this, Angie, because here's where it says in verse 37, when they heard this, the crowd, they were cut to the heart. And what does that mean? Well, what we'd have to do is we have to look at John chapter 16. And when Jesus told the disciples, hey, it's good for me that I'm going back to my father, because if I go to him, I'm sending you another helper. It is the Holy Spirit. And he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So it's not so much about the words that Peter was saying as much as the Holy Spirit through the words. Absolutely. Those were what cut to the heart. Yeah, cut them right to the heart because those words were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Man, that would have been like amazing to watch. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think that all of us have had that happen at some point when we became a Christian. Yes. Those words cut to the heart and we knew we didn't, may not have understood what we needed. We know we needed something. And we, like me, I just started walking forward. Right. I didn't even know what I was after, but I knew I was needing to go up front. Amen. And that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's amazing, Angie, because we've seen this happen and we talk about this a lot when we do training for Revive. Like, here's what happens. You read the word and the Holy Spirit opens that word up into their hearts and you watch the transformation happen right before your very eyes. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things that we believe here at the station as well. You know, a lot of times people will paraphrase what the word says. And my thing is, these words speak for themselves. Why not read the words so that people that are listening hear the words of the Bible? And so that's the power right there. It is. In fact, Jesus himself said, my words are spirit and they are life. I want to go down into verse 38 and start there. Yeah, and this is what Peter said to them, because of course they're saying, hey, then what do I need to do? Right? Their hearts were cut, right? They were exposed and they're saying, okay, I hear what you're saying. What do we do? But what do we do about it? (laughs) How do we respond? And Peter said to them, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Your sins will be removed. 
and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have two things going on here. First, now this goes all the way back to John, yeah. telling people to repent right. because the kingdom of God was near. The kingdom of God came exactly. in Jesus. <laughs> now we have this repentance and the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about the correlation between the two of those. Yeah. And so the repentance is that you're turning away from basically from yourself, which ourselves are that natural born person that was born into the earth, right? That we talked about last week, but now being born again is being born of the spirit of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes when we repent. And he says, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission or removal of your sins. Do you think people actually feel any different when they make this decision? Well, we talk about that a lot and we see it and you probably seen it as well. Angie being out with us, you share the gospel and all of a sudden their faces light up and their countenance changes. And it's all of a sudden people can be down and dejected and all of a sudden they're smiling and they're bright. And it's like in the matter of just a few minutes of reading the word, the Holy spirit illuminates Jesus to them. And then to me, that's called a hope. Yes. When people finally see that there's a hope, then there's just a natural joy that comes out of that. Yeah, because most of the time what we see and experience is hopelessness. Mm. And we are just bringing the hope of Christ to them. Wow, this is really deep. And, and it's something that I think we need to hear. We need to explore more about the work of the Holy Spirit and how it really is. It's, it's not for just the Bible time. Right. It is for today. And... There's a lot of different theologies behind the Holy Spirit, but the one that sticks out to me, and I don't know what your opinion is about it, but I read the book about the forgotten God yes, and it's all about how we've forgotten the Holy Spirit. So what is the Holy Spirit's role in our lives today? And I like that, Angie, and, and I like to talk about this because I think for the most part, uh, some Christians are actually afraid of the Holy Spirit especially ones that uh, you, you might hear some Christians refer to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost, okay? And of course, that comes from the King James Version, where it calls him the Holy Ghost. And so that scares some people, honestly. Because I they find don't understand? This. Yeah, because it's the Holy Ghost. That, that seems weird. Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing, Angie. This is a perfect explanation. If you take a modern-day hymnal, Right. And you look in the front of a hymnal and it categorizes hymns. Here's the hymns about God, the father. Here's the hymns about God, the son, Jesus Christ. And here's the hymns about the Holy Spirit. There is only a few in there because I don't think the church really understands. But if he's three in one, shouldn't we acknowledge him equally? We definitely should, Angie. Because and I think this is the way to do it by digging in and reading and understanding what the Holy Spirit is and what his role is and how Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. And it was actually promised by the Father originally. And, and again, not just given to the people of the Bible, but given to all of us who accept him. Right. You cannot be born again without the Spirit. Well, there you go. That's pretty much putting it right to end there. 
So wrapping this up today, we have to embrace the fact that a transformed life comes because the Holy Spirit transforms us. It's not something that you described as change. We're just changing for the sake of change, but we're being transformed, Paul said, by the renewing of our minds and the Holy Spirit is renewing our minds to the things of God. A lot of great things to think about and understanding more about the Holy Spirit and how we are a transformed life because of it or because of him, you might say. That was Acts chapter one, verse eight, and also Acts chapter two, verses 33 through 38. You can read that on your own. We would encourage you to continue to explore God's word and see what it says to you. Now we're going to turn it over. We're going to start our testimony. Hello, this is Mark Bird with Time to Revive, and today I'm back in the studio with Pastor Nate Wilcoxon, and we have been talking about transformed lives and and what a transformed life actually looks like. Nate, thanks so much for being in the studio with us today. Thank you for having me. And so what we want to start to look into today, Nate, is when you think about transformed lives, you got to think about people that were headed and living one particular way in the past. And so when something's transformed, it's not just changed for the sake of change, because you hear people say all the time, oh, I've changed. You've heard that say, and sometimes people can change by their willpower, But is there a difference, Nate, in being changed by your willpower and actually being transformed by the Holy Spirit's power? Can you talk about that? Absolutely. Your willpower comes from self, and the Holy Spirit power comes from God. It is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Bible says that you will know them by their fruits. And so I tell people that we are fruit inspectors. So when I look at Brother Mark, I will look at at you and your walk and according to your walk with Jesus and, and say, hey, you know what? Brother Mark's looking like Jesus today. And if Brother Mark is out in left field, I will come to my brother and say, hey, how's things going for you? And we're going to have a conversation. So when we're talking about transformed lives and what that looks like, sometimes people want to just say, hey, I've changed. There will be evidence of a change. It'll be evident in your speech, your walk, your talk. Everything at that moment, you will realize that it's not yours. It's all God's. And you'll give God all the glory and honor. You'll give God your kids, your time, your calendar, your money. Everything goes to God. And so when you're like that, you will put others before yourself. You will serve. You will have this servitude heart. Just as Jesus walked and talked the earth 2,000 years ago, he showed us how to serve, what to say, when not to say. And, And with that, You will always see this transformational life. What I am today as a daddy, as a husband, I want to be a better daddy and husband next week. Right. Because the closer we come to Jesus, he's going to continue to transform each of us. And we're all on different playing levels. The Bible refers to babes in Christ. They are being transformed. And so with that, you know, you have those that are mature in Christ And so with that, we just we have to understand that, that, hey, this brother was in sin. He was on his way straight to hell, wherever that was at, whether it was at church or in his vehicle or at his home. He submitted to the will of God. The Holy Spirit pricked his heart and he come to the place where he asked for forgiveness. And Jesus met him right where 
he was at. So that right there in itself is the beginning of transformation is at the foot of the cross. It's through the finished work of the cross that we really get this transformation. What I hear you saying, Nate, is that a changed life points to self, but a transformed life points to Christ. Absolutely. And that's really the distinction of just being changed, because like like you said, we could change by our willpower, but that will always point to ourselves and that's our correct. will. But a transformed life always points to Christ. Yes, absolutely. And it's just a matter of time. You know, if something's in the, in the self-centeredness of that person, you, you might be able to do some good things even, but eventually that'll come up to you. And it's, and if you're walking in the flesh in that self, it's hard to love others when they don't love you back. But when you're walking in, in the footsteps of Jesus and his Holy spirit is walk, working in you and through you, when people don't love you back, you'll still love them. You know, you will do things when other people will be like, how are you even doing those things? It's not, not your will be done, but his will be done. And that is the true sanctified life is doing what the Father tells us to do and walking it out. You know, so that is definitely what I would consider to transform life. Nate, you're familiar with the term being born again. And so Amen. in a transformed life, a transform, a truly transformed life is one that is born again. And then we have these things that we throw around in church, these little phrases like, and they confuse certain people at times. But when you talk about uh, someone who is born again, and some people get really tripped up on that. But then when you talk about a transformed life, you have to say that it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And that right there is also something that trips some people up when you talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. So a transformed life can only happen if it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Would you agree or disagree with that? Yes, Nate? I would definitely agree with that. Jesus told Nicodemus, he says, truly, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And through this, this new birth, it only comes through Jesus Christ, and through this new birth, He gives us a new spirit, and through this new spirit that we see the things that God sees. It's like putting on a pair of glasses. If it's your first time and you're getting into your 40s like me, it took someone three years to tell me I was blind. But after I got the glasses, I now can see. And so with that, this new birth, when we have this new birth, we can see the things of God. And when we read His the Word of God, those words resonate to us and we can see what Jesus wants us to see. And so many of us have read the Bible and God reveals his word to us as he wants to reveal it. Just as the, the brothers were walking on the Emmaus walk and the Bible says that God opened up the scriptures to them. And, and it's through that new, when God gives us a new spirit, new creature in Christ, it's through that that he reveals all things to us and we walk that out. When he speaks, we're to be obedient and just walk that out and do that, to be born again. There's some people that don't even know what that terminology means. Right. But yet my Jesus and your Jesus has spoke of unless a man be born again. And so I think we need to know what the new birth is. Every saved person that's asked for forgiveness and repented of their sin that's being born again. A new spirit comes in and lives inside of you. 
and it's not your old spirit, your old carnal, sinful nature spirit. It's the it's the birth of a new spirit. Yeah. And so, Nate, I'm sitting here thinking the practical side of that is you can't be what God wants you to be until you are able to see what God wants you to see. So if you cannot see the things of God and what he wants for a transformed life, then you can't be a transformed life. You have to be able to see it. And only he grants us access to be able to see what he sees by his Holy Spirit. Absolutely, Brother Mark. And so today we're really just diving into this whole thing about a transformed life. And of course, uh, a transformed life is one that has been born again, born of the spirit, not just of the flesh. And then the other side of that is practically living out the transformed life, one that is not self-centered, that I've made a change in and of myself, in and of my own strength, but I've been able to be changed and transformed and now completely different. Or if you will, born anew. Some translations say, I've been born anew from heaven above. And that's really what this is talking about today. And Nate, I really appreciate you spending the time with us in the studio today. And uh, thanks for sharing your heart about this and being a transformed life. Because for me, you're a great living example as one who follows Christ and is transformed by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen, brother. Thank you for having me. I'm Mark Bird, and you've been listening to Time to Revive here on Shine FM. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.